We're looking now for the second time at 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. And we focused last time on the role of the government to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good and our relation to it as ones who are to be subject because we are sojourners and exiles, meaning we are citizens of another, this is 2.11 and 12, we are sojourners and exiles. Our citizenship is in heaven. And the big question then, as people who do not have their first citizenship in this world of governments, emperors and governors, do we have any obligation to the emperor or to governors or to other human institutions? That's what this is addressing. Father Grant, now more light, more insight, and more Christ-like inclinations for how we as children of God with our citizenship in, in, hev- in heaven should relate to this world, which is not our first and primary allegiance. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So the question we're asking now is, how does this subjection to every human institution stand out as peculiarly Christian? What, what makes, what defines it or makes it different or distinct or Christian? Let me read the whole thing so we have it before us. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free. So there's the tension between be subject and be free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So, back to the question, what? characterizes this subjection to every human institution as Christian. What makes it appropriate, right, distinctly Christian? And the first phrase we run into is, for the Lord's sake. So that's what we're going to ponder in its wider implications in this paragraph. Be subject to every human institution government institutions like emperors and governors, business institutions, family institutions, educational institutions, be subject for the Lord's sake. What would that mean? That would mean immediately um, to exalt the Lord over the emperor who on earth is supreme, and over the governors. So if if we are being subject to these men, emperors and governors, for the Lord's sake, we are saying that the Lord is exalted over the emperor and the governor. That's the first 
radical thing that you can get killed for in the Roman Empire. You will never, ever say that the emperor is God or the emperor is Lord or the emperor is supreme. And another meaning would be um, because the Lord sent us to be subject. In other words, not only are we exalting the Lord as superior and supreme above the emperor and above the governors, we're doing it because he sent us. Now, let's go to verse 16 for the light that is shed there on for the Lord's sake. Live as people who are free. Well, free from whom? Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So he doesn't mean free from God. We are supremely subject to God. We are servants, slaves of God, and free then with respect to these people. So if, if the emperor, if we stand before the emperor and he calls us to give an account as to who our God is or who our governor is or who our emperor is, our answer is God or the Lord. And in freedom from the emperor and the governor, we are sent by God, servants of God, we are sent by God back into subjection to the emperor and the governor. So there's the uniquely Christian part. We are people who are free. We don't owe these, these emperors and these governors anything because of them. Their intrinsic merit or worth or authority is not why we subject ourselves to them. We subject ourselves to them because we are servants of a higher king, and in freedom, this king sends us into his world where he has established these authorities, and we submit to them for the Lord's sake, because God is our master, not the emperor and not the governor. Now, let's see a... uh, an analogy to this that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 17 to get this freedom idea clear. So here's Jesus in Matthew 17, 24 to 27. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher, does Jesus pay the tax? Does he not pay the tax? And he said, yes, he does pay the tax. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, Well, from others, Jesus said, Right. Then the sons are free. They don't have to pay the tax. They're free. And the analogy he's drawing is, if God is your father, and he's the king over this world, and you're the sons of God, you don't owe anybody anything because of their intrinsic authority. You only owe them if God tells you you owe them. So what's next? However, not to give offense to them, that's huge. We're going to subject ourselves here. 
but because Jesus says so, go to the sea, cast a hook in, take the first fish that comes up, and when you open his mouth, you'll find a shekel, take it, give it to them for me and for yourself. Pay the tax, even though you're free. That's what we have back here in 2.13. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up, but living as servants of God who sends you back in to be subject. And we're very familiar with this passage, which I think now can be seen clearly. Mark 12.17, Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. What is God's? Everything is God's. And once you recognize that everything is God and you are subject to God in everything, then you can discern what is Caesar's and appropriately render it to him. So you are servants of God. Everything belongs to God. And now God, for his sake, for the Lord's sake, sends you into subjection for his sake to every human institution, not because they are meritorious or deserving or have final authority in your life, but because God does.